0: You're listening to Modded. On today's episode, we have Barbara Jane, and she's most well-known for her red GC. So before we start to talk about that guy, I want to know um, who was the person that first started getting you into cars, and how did that come about?
1: Um, My godfather, whenever I was younger, he kind of took me in under his wing. I have six other sisters, so, you know, I guess he just, I had an interest and he always was messing around with his cars in his garage and tinkering with stuff. And I would just sit there and watch him. And then one day when I was probably seven, he handed me a wrench, told me to start helping. And then whenever I was nine, he told me that if I helped him build my first engine essentially, because he he'd just blown up the engine in his 91 Mustang, Fox Body. And um, he told me if I helped him build it, that he'd let me drive it, he'd teach me how to drive it. So I did, we built a 331 Stroker and I drove that thing when I was 11 years old, in the old school Kmart parking lot that's now Track 21.
0: So was that uh, manual transmission then? It was. And he was the first one that taught you how to ride?
1: He did. Um, the first time I drove it, I killed it twice because that clutch for <laughs> any kid was making my legs shake. Oh, my God. Um, and then I had so much anxiety of failure that instead of letting it die, I just gassed it. I completely dumped the clutch, and we started peeling out sideways through the Kmart parking lot, and he's screaming, Stop! 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 And... uh I let off and I had like this shit-eating grin on my face and he laughed and I laughed and I don't think I have really killed a car since then I also didn't drive an automatic until I was 20 I might want to add that in there
0: that's definitely unique but out of all your sisters so you were the only one that had an interest in cars
1: um, I don't know it was a mutual understanding between him and I he treated me like I was his daughter and It was just something that we could share together that we could do together on the weekends or after school so Yeah, I don't think any of my other siblings really took an interest in anything like that
0: So what was the first car that you got your own car? I would say
1: My own I inherited my grandfather's truck. It was a 1984 Ford F-150 and um It had so many problems and it wasn't running. (sighs) Like I think a rat went in there and made the wiring harness his home. I don't understand exactly how that happened, but I pretty much had to rebuild the entire engine in that truck and there wasn't much wiring. It was a carbureted truck, so it wasn't too bad, but still. That was the first truck like I daily drove, I guess you could say.
0: And then, that's a domestic and you started out with a domestic, so how did you get into import vehicles? Because yeah, cause right now, let's say all of your vehicles are imports.
1: Yeah. Um, I grew up with domestic, that's all I ever knew, actually. Um, that's all my godfather ever messed with was domestic cars. Um, I didn't start messing around with imports until I met Andy. Um, and then after that, he just, I don't know. I never really looked at it because, you know, when I was younger, I was naive and, you know, imports are trash, four cylinders. I was all about those big bodied V8s. And then you slowly learn that the lighter the car, the faster the car goes with less necessity for higher horsepower to carry that big beast. So, um, I don't know, he let me drive a Supra and that was cool. Never really fell in love with it because it makes me feel claustrophobic. The whole cockpit style of the interior just doesn't really do it for me.
0: Everything facing your direction, right?
1: Yeah. I don't know. I was, I, still to this day, I really don't like driving it. Um, but yeah, after that, I... I knew I was pregnant, and I needed another reliable vehicle because the truck was not reliable at this point. Obviously, it was 20-plus years old, and... It was one thing right after the no- another, and I was just like, you know, I just don't, I don't want to deal with this right now. Got a baby on the way. We went car shopping, and that's how I got into the M three that I still have eight years later because I love the fucking car. It's like one of the best cars in my driveway, in my opinion.
0: So, out of all the ones that you have now, which do you think is your favorite?
1: I don't really think I have to have a favorite because I've pay for most of them (laughs) but I would say um, dependability and reliable wise I would choose the M3 over every car in the driveway and in the garage like hands down you just get in it turnkey I've never messed with it never modified it never tuned it or anything and it's still fun stock the way it is I absolutely adore that car they did everything right
0: so let's go over the cars that you have between you and Andy. What do you, What's in the parking or your driveway right now?
1: Um, the driveway right now, I have a 91 Rover Mini that we imported from Japan. Uh, we imported from Japan because in Japan, uh, AC was uh, not an expensive add-on, so there was more of those with AC as an option in Japan versus the European models, which there are not many with AC, we came to to find out. Um, Then there's the BMW, it's a 2005 M3, or an E46, as they like to call it. Uh, There's the 2003 Mitsubishi Evolution that uh, is now, unfortunately, fully built.
0: After having been... Yeah, after he blew it up Mm -hmm. two days
1: after we bought it. And that's what's in the driveway. The garage has the, the 1995 Supra, uh, now single-turbo Supra, and the Subaru, the 2.5 RS Impreza.
0: So let's go into the story of how you came to get that 2.5 RS.
1: <laughs> I did not want another car. I didn't want another car and we were on vacation in washington and obviously all-wheel drive vehicles are more prevalent in northern states versus down here in texas there's really not a big uh, market for them down here Mm -hmm. so we were on vacation in washington and he's trying to convince me to buy an evo or a subaru just like going out of his way to try and show them to me and i got pissed off because we were on vacation i'm like i don't want to look at any cars over here i don't want to waste my time um we ended up meeting up with a guy we were headed down south and south of seattle probably headed towards mount rainier i would say um and he met up with us like super last minute He let Andy go for a ride in the car. He comes back and he's like, you have to drive this thing. Obviously, I wasn't interested in it because the car was a piece of poop. Oh, my God. It was terrible. It had, like, not one solid panel on that car was savable. Like, like every panel on that car had damage to it. Or it didn't have any rust, but it looked like it had been through about 20 hailstorms. And it had paint cancer. There was not an an ounce of gloss on it at all, whatsoever. The front lip that it used to have on it was held on with a pair of headphone wires. Um, The lights didn't work. Uh, The dash was sagging and hanging down so when you would open the door, it's just like this huge gap. It looked like the dash was gonna fall on your legs when you were driving it. And it was smoking, it was, God, it was running so fucking rich. But he came back, he told me it was awesome, and that he needs to drive it. So the guy gets in the passenger seat and he's trying to explain to me how to drive a manual vehicle and that this one's a six speed and trying to show me where reverse was and I just smiled at him because that's usually the reaction that I get. And I gunned it. Just took off. I was like, you know, if it's gonna break, it's gonna break right now before I buy it, instead of waiting till I get home and then it's gonna blow up on me. Um, I drove the piss out of it. I drove the fucking balls off of that car. I scared at least 10 years off of that dude's life. He had his seatbelt in one hand and he had the door handle in the other hand. He was like, wait, wait, no, stop. And I ended up buying it. I ended up buying it. I came back and it's just so light. The car is like driving a go-kart. It's nuts. You get in it and like the evo is the evo is controlled power it's controlled fun you it's fun and it's fantastic and but you never go a moment where you feel like you're not in control where you feel like you know it's just madness the subaru is not like that the subaru is so light and it hits boost so quick it's fucking chaos but in a good way it's exhilarating it's completely it's like night and day you can't even compare the two they're two separate beasts. So we bought it. We had to have it shipped down from Washington, which was also a disaster. I don't recommend car shipping. It sucks.
0: Every time I've gotten a car or my vehicle shipped, there's been damage to it. As safe as it can be. like There's just no controlling the obstacles that are on the road. Or the they road lost
1: side. the Viper key fob. I couldn't unlock the car. I couldn't get in the car to unload it. I had to let the alarm go off. <laughs> like forever until we could get it off of the truck and unplug the battery terminals because we couldn't open the hood because of the hangar that was above it to get to anything.
0: That sounds just like the worst experience. But still, it's in it's in your driveway now. Yes. So, what was the condition that you guys um, started with? It was it had a V7 STI swap, right? Already done.
1: Yeah, I had a, well, it. Well, had an EJ257 dropped in it. Um, It wasn't done right. We ended up having to basically pull the entire engine back out. It needed like everything. It needed motor mounts again. Um, It needed all basic maintenance. The swap that he put in it already had, I think, 70,000 miles on it when he dropped it in. uh, The dash was hanging on by a bolt, like it literally was going to fall out. He had to recut and refit and cut and fit and cut and fit to get the dash to fit right. The engine had to be re-serviced. It was a pain in the ass and then trying to make everything look nice and then add on the things that it needed to have added on like, you know, the air oil separator and stuff like that. But other than that, and the suspension and the drivetrain and the transmission and needing a new clutch. Yeah. It was mostly in.
0: And one thing about your suspension, I remember you telling me that you can't just put SDI suspension to that GC. You have to have like SDI top hats with suspension design for the GC, right? Special order coilovers.
1: I have to have, um, G- I want to correct you, it's not a GC8, it's a GM6. The, the only reason I call it a GC8 is the VINs for the Japanese models are GC8, such and such and such. But the USDN models are GM6 but everybody's going to correct you on that or if they don't they won't know or they call it a 22b but to be politically correct it is a gm6 i'd however still call it a gc8 so it doesn't really matter to me i just wanted you to know that for sure um no the suspension has to be a uh, i have to have the subaru the 2001 impreza um, top hats to fit the body of the car so i don't have to have holes in it for my suspension. And then I have to have the 07 STI actual coilovers um, because all my suspension, all my drivetrain and everything like that is 07 STI. Pretty much the only thing left in my car that's still original to the car besides the body would be the rear door cards and the rear seats. Maybe the carpet, not too sure about that either. We'd probably replace that at some point. Um, but everything else is from an 07 STI. Brakes, rotors, calipers, like the, the whole nine yards, transmission, rear diff, axles.
0: And what made you go with flares on your car versus trying to do a, essentially like a 22B replica kit?
1: Um, I this is going to sound stupid, but I was never into Subaru until I bought one. It's like the retarded thing about me. I don't really care for brands or um, make model. Those are all nice and everything. But if I don't like the way the car drives, I don't like the car. I'm just built that way. And I have to drive it to know that I like it. So every car in my driveway, maybe at one point I wanted it or didn't want it, but I didn't really actually want it till I drove it. Um, so the whole, you know, R- World Rally 22B, um, I get it, they're awesome. And if I had the money, I would have one now. But when I was building that car, I knew nothing about Subaru. I, It was a harsh learning curve. I had a swap. Half ass swapped car, and I was trying to figure out how to make it work, run, drive, be efficient, and was hoping to God that cylinder four wasn't gonna fucking go on me. Um, so I saw pictures of the 22B and I didn't really like it. I'm not really a wide body fan. The only reason that I put flares on the car is because the fenders were not saveable. Like, The guy originally, like I told you, every panel on that car had damage. Every panel. I had to replace the front bumper. I had to replace the two front fenders. I had to replace the rear bumper. I had to have the whole roof, like, PDR'd. The sides of the car PDR'd because I didn't want Bondo everywhere. Um, The rear quarters were so badly. Fender roll failed. Pulled. Stretched. Um, it was going to cost me five times as much to try to fix those things versus just cutting that whole section out and putting a new section in. And I didn't want to compromise the integrity of the body any more than I had to. So that's when we started looking at putting, you know, the arches on it. And I was like, "Mm." went back and forth. I couldn't find a set that I liked for forever. And then a buddy of mine was just fucking around and He was like, dude, I have these fender flares. I've had them for forever. You should see what they look like on your car. And sure enough, put some double-sided tape, stuck them hose to the side of the car. And I was like, damn, those actually look pretty fucking dope. So in lieu of cutting out the quarters, we just put flares on it. And then we had them remold and cut the rear of the car. So everything's all molded and nice and schnazzy now.
0: What are some, like on top of the flares, what are some of the common questions that you get for the car?
1: Do I run spacers? No, I do not run spacers. I bought very expensive wheels and fortunately for me, buying wheels like that, I could choose the offset and everything that went along with it and I'm like, yay, they actually fit the car. Thank you, Work Wheels, for making a set of wheels that fit without spacers. However, they do barely clear the Brembo brakes, I'm not gonna lie. People think that I had spacers put on it because the clearance is like so tight. Nope, we just got lucky. Just did a couple of measurements and picked them, but people always ask me the offset of the wheels and do I run spacers? The other thing is, who made your headlights? Um, They were a anniversary present. they were a surprise. Um, I just kind of told him that I wanted something new for the car and I needed, um, I needed new lights. Like at night, the halogens were shit. Like you, it didn't spray light more than maybe 10 feet, 15 on a good clear night, but I couldn't see shit with those lights. So he went ahead and he was like, okay, I can retrofit HIDs. And then he found those other lights, uh, the C lights and he was like, oh, And I guess he just implemented them, but it actually turned out looking pretty fucking cool. Um, People ask me what my front lip is all the time. It's P1 replica of some sort, not too sure. It doesn't have any markings on it, but I bought it from a guy that's local. Maybe he'll know, Max Withrow, but I have no idea where he got it. And he says he got it from somebody in Europe, so. And, Let's see, what else do people ask? Oh, my fog light covers, where I got those. I got them on Facebook, believe it or not. Yeah, I haven't run across another pair for sale yet either. Um, But other than that, most people don't know what it is. Most people are like, dude, that kind of looks like a GTR. What is that? Or, dude, that's a 22B, that's fucking awesome. But it's not, and I just kind of laugh. I'm like, yeah, Some
0: people know you as the girl with the 22B around these parts
1: yeah that's unfortunate
0: <laughs> so some people do know what the car is and have made offers
1: yes um believe it or not when i first got the super back from the body shop and mind you i was on their fucking ass about having that car done by tx2k and i think i picked it up probably the thursday that No, the Friday that 2K started. They had just finished buffing it. And uh, I took it to the event Saturday morning. And I was probably there for maybe four hours when I was approached by somebody. And he was so serious. He was going over the whole car, looking at everything, you know, ask if he could sit in it. I was like, sure, whatever, it's parked. We're in a crowd full of people. It's not like you're gonna be able to steal it or anything. And uh, he got out of it with, like, this look on his face and he goes, so how much would you take for it? And I was like, what? And he goes, you know, how much would you take for it? And I was like, I don't really know. I have quite a bit invested to it at this point. Um, Almost everything on it is new or new to the car. And uh, he was like, well, how much do you say you have in it? And I'm like, "Mm, at this point, probably, like, you know, upwards of 25. And he smiled at me and he's like, so would you take 35? And I was just like, what? And I remember looking at him like, I probably had the most retarded look on my face. I was like, what? And he goes, yeah, 35 cash. You know, would you take it? He was so serious. He was reaching for like his wallet or his checkbook or whatever. And I, I was like, I had my mouth open. I know I did because Andy looked at him and he was like, dude, she just, got the car back we still have like stuff to work out on it and you know she just wants to enjoy the car for a little bit he looked at me he's like you know if you change your mind i'm with a trailer that brought all them lamborghinis into houston and you know where to find me and i was like what so that was probably my first experience with somebody offering me that type of money for my car um and that's not been the only time since i i get people who come along and they're like would you take 15 for it? Or would you take 16 for it or 17? And I'm like, I have absolutely no reason to get rid of it for any reason for 15 or 16,000. If you can go find one and buy one in my condition for that price, please be my guest, but you won't be getting mine. Um, actually, recently I had a guy offered to buy it for me. He was just like over the moon about how I had done everything right. He was like, you have everything that I've ever wanted on my car down to the the gauges. You've got the Duffy gauges and you have the Viper alarm and you have the arches on it already and the P1 spoiler and I'm just so in love. I'm just so in love. And obviously I wasn't interested in selling it. So now he's trying to build his own actually at the same The same shop that painted my car, his is now there getting painted. And um, I think Andy's doing the rest of the stuff, trying to help him swap it, to be honest. Because mine's not for sale.
0: Is there any amount that you would take, you think?
1: I don't know. The car hasn't given me any reason to hate it. Um, So I couldn't... I couldn't honestly tell you I've never had somebody make me an offer I couldn't refuse. I mean, at the end of the day, everything has a price, I suppose. Um, But I've never had somebody come up to me and make me an offer. I was just like, take it, you know? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It just hasn't happened yet. And so I would hate to give it up because I have spent so much money and I've built it exactly how I want it. And if I ever got rid of it, I'd miss it. And I'd end up doing the same thing with another car and it just doesn't make any sense to get rid of it.
0: So changing gears here a little bit. So you have your little girl who's right here. Are you raising her to be a gearhead? Or do you think that she's enjoying the hobby the same way that you do? Do you see her doing this in the future?
1: She knows every make and model. Of the vehicles in the driveway and in the garage she knows what we own she knows what we have she doesn't see it how other kids see it it's not as cool to her because i mean all of our friends are car people and so to her it's an everyday thing and i'm just hoping that it's so much of it's like so much so an everyday thing that it's just something that she can't live without when she gets older or she'll have an appreciation for it when she gets older i don't force it on her but i'm not gonna lie it's really hard to stay out of boost when we're in one of those cars and she's like mommy go faster and she does ask she does enjoy it she does get a thrill from it so i would say she's i would say i'm not too worried whether or not she's going to like it when she gets older it's just a gut feeling you love something enough and you share it with your kids, usually they end up loving it too.
0: Do you think that um, being a mom in the car modifying community has presented you with any kind of challenges?
1: Well first, no one believes I'm a mom. I've never had one single person walk up to me and not be shocked when I'm like, yeah, I have a seven-year-old at home. And they're like, what? Um, no I would say 100% of the time she adds to the fun of it she makes it more worthwhile because she she enjoys it she enjoys doing it with us being there with us Um, not all car shows or car meets are the same she would not enjoy all of it but when we go to the races like at royal purple and stuff like that she Mm -hmm. enjoys watching that and she's still so young so I don't know gotta give her room to grow see if she likes it for herself but as far as (sighs) any difficulties or issues anything
0: that annoys you I guess
1: hmm I don't know I try not to get too caught up in all of what anybody else thinks or what everybody else says sure That that would be super annoying to try to live my life based on how other people think I should be living my life or how I should be a parent. I mean the car community is much more welcoming For me as a parent than say like I don't know the PTA meetings at her school so Yeah, I would say the car community is much more family oriented than people give them credit for
0: That's definitely good to hear because we would want it to be more open for everyone more easily accessible you know parents and single people alike right mm-hmm. to make it bigger, because There's concern that as time goes on, this sort of thing goes away. People lose interest, they get older, um, especially when they have kids and a family, but you're kind of living testament that just because you have a family and you have your other priorities doesn't mean that this isn't also a part of your life and what you do.
1: I do believe 100% that it has to be something that everyone can do together, that something something everybody enjoys, everybody loves. I think the reason it works for us is because he loves it and he likes doing it and he knows that I love driving. And at the end of the day, if you put me behind the wheel of something that I can just drive like a bat out of hell after a really bad day, or it's just incredibly relaxing, you know, to get behind the wheel and shift through the gears, I'm, I'm gonna be okay with it. And she likes it. She likes watching. We've been practicing her shifting. I don't obviously let her get behind the wheel but I make her shift through the gears just how I learned when I was her age. You go through the gears, you get a feel for how it shifts, the throw of the shifter and you know to listen for the engine RPMs and whenever you can hear the clutch being engaged to shift. Um, and then you move them on over to sitting behind the seat and using the clutch and actually driving, but I think it just works because of something that we, we all enjoy doing that. I like doing, I liked doing it before I met him and that's actually what brought us together. So every family is different. You're not always going to meet you know, a husband and a wife that both enjoy doing this, but I think a lot of people get so caught up in the fact that they don't enjoy doing something or they don't like doing it that they can't appreciate that they're killing the other person's joy in doing it or in doing something that they love. And I think if more people just respected that, you know, their partner likes these things and likes to do them, and if you just went along with them and went along for the ride, so to speak, that they would reciprocate with the things that you like doing in your life and you both end up being happy.
0: There's definitely difficulty too because a lot of people can't make sense of of what we do spending the amount of money and the amount of time that we do on these cars that never really give a financial return on investment but they really do affect your life as far as the people that you hang out with, the connections that you make, and the enjoyment that they give back to you. That's really where the return on the investment is.
1: Yeah, you are talking about a lot of money, and if I didn't like doing this, I could see where a lot of people would have issue with how much money is thrown into one single thing without any return on investment or um, without any benefits, like visible benefits, so to speak, but you can't put a price on happiness, and if it makes you happy, do it. You only get one life. You can't take anything with you when you leave it. You may as well enjoy it while you're here. So a lot of people give other people shit or, like me, how much money I've spent on it. I love that car. I love the way it drives. I love the way it sounds. I love how it responds. Um, And you can't put a price on that feeling. You just can't.
0: I think that's a good way to close it off and I appreciate you giving us an insight into your life into the build and I would definitely look forward to what more is to come from the car because I know that in the future there'll be some plans to change that and the rest of the I guess the vehicles in your fleet so thanks for sitting down with me today. Thanks Ernest.